there a God? Is there a God? Come on, Walter, let's get with somebody there. Would you like to join with somebody? <laughs> okay. I'm really thankful <laughs> that we are actually in the Explore God series because it does go through and give me a ton of resources to go through and to have at my disposal to be able to put together a Sunday morning that's going to be really good for everybody and worth coming out in this horrific weather for. So I want you to think back into your childhood you know, last week we asked you to share a childhood memory. And this week, we're going to start off talking about Santa Claus. So take a, a moment and go back in your mind to those days of Santa Claus, or Santa, however you called him, and share your favorite memory about a Santa experience. It could be a good experience or a not-so-good experience. All right, and I'll go through and give your groups about five minutes or so to go through and to just share a Santa Claus moment from your childhood.
All right, time is about half up, so make sure everybody gets a chance to share. One minute. Okay, and starting in the reverse order, share how you found out the truth. <laughs> how did you find out the truth? Okay, two minutes, make sure everybody gets a chance. 
Okay. One minute to start finishing up. Okay, <laughs> so how many of you actually wrote a letter at some point to Santa? Okay, how many of you ever got an answer back? Okay, Sarah, <laughs> you want to go through and share about the answer that you got back? I don't remember the answer I got back. I just remember I used to write to him. I used to write to him. And I always had a letter back. And now having children myself, young children, when they write letters to Santa, their elf on the shelf brings letters to them from Santa. So how, do, how does that change their behavior, do you think? Um, most times it doesn't. <laughs> okay, most times it doesn't. How, how many of you were like maybe two or three days before Christmas a little bit better behaved. <laughs> and then the day after Christmas, okay, the pressure's off. <laughs> you can go back to being your regular uh, self. So sometimes, you know, our behavior does change on the basis of what we believe. And sometimes what we believe kind of goes up and down with the seasons, so to speak, that we are in, that we find ourselves um, in life. Has anybody ever written a letter to God? A mm, couple people? All right, journals. Anybody get the answer back in the mail or <laughs> with the elf on the shelf? No, but again, you know, we go through and um, if we go through and journal and so forth, we get answers sometimes in different forms, not the elf on the shelf, but something happens in our lives, someone says something to us, all right, or you come across something that you read in the Bible that all of a sudden you're like, yes. This is the answer that I have been going through and seeking. So again, remember, the question, is there a God? People have all sorts of opinions and answers to that. And if you would just go through and share again in your group for just a couple of moments about... When did you really figure out that there was a God? We're not even talking about Jesus and salvation and going to heaven. We're just talking about God, a big God. When did you figure out that there was really a God? 
or was that something you kind of always knew from the very beginning? So take a few moments and share that um, in your groups. Okay, a couple of minutes to finish up.
Okay, one minute. Okay. All right. <laughs> so some of us, you know, we run into a problem in life. Okay. There are those who are talkers and then those who are talkers. <laughs> Um, the problem with uh, life sometimes is that when people have questions and they go like, okay, God, I want you to blah, 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 you know, it's kind of like they go through the drive-in at McDonald's or Burger King and say, okay, here's my order, God, I want you to give me blah, 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 and I want it in the time that it takes for me to get to the drive-up window to pick up my stuff, you know, the two minutes, I want all my prayers answered at that time in the way exactly that I asked for those prayers to be answered. Unfortunately, once in a while, we do get an answer that's really quick and just exactly what we prayed for perfectly. Most of the time, we get the answer, but we don't recognize the answer for being what it is because it didn't fit into our exact, exact order of what we handed to over to God. I don't know if some of you have seen uh, the movie uh, Bruce Almighty. It's, it's really kind of funny because this character named Bruce goes and says, okay, God, you blah, 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 blah. And so the character who plays God says, okay, if you think you can do a better job, I'll let you be God for a while. And of course, it doesn't take very long before the world ends up being in a bigger mess because as Bruce is going through and getting these emails from people all over the world, he just couldn't keep up with it, so he just said, respond all, yes. And of course, the world ended up crazy because the earth was thrown off of his axis, there were all of these weather calamities and so forth, People, millions of people won the lottery, and I think they won like $2 or something. <laughs> you know, but he went through and just said, okay, I'll go through and I'll be God and I'll answer all the prayers exactly for what the people prayed for. Was that a good plan? Did it work out good? No. 
So the problem for some people, you know, is simply that if they don't hear from God, they just assume that God must not um, exist. But yet there are so many proofs of a creator. I mean, if you think in, in Psalm 19, it talks about the heavens. And I love going up north where my sisters live because they live in a real small town. So when it's a clear night, you go out there and you see, you know, literally millions of stars. And it's just really awesome because I'm like, wow, did God need to put those all visible to people? Not necessarily. But he did, you know. And so the question is, where did those all come from? You know, people can say, you know, there's a Big Bang Theory. Well, there had to be something that started the bang going. You know, I mean, <laughs> you could stand in this room for forever and just think Big Bang, but nothing's going to happen out there. And part of that problem is because we as human beings, our thought pattern has a beginning and an end. It's like a line for any thought that we have. It starts someplace and eventually a thought will end or, you know, go on. But God, he's more like the circle without the beginning and without the end. And we try to understand the circle from the perspective of the line of being the beginning and the end. If you're in math and you're in geometry, what would a teacher say? Well, the circle's a circle, the line's a line. End of the story. <laughs> they are totally different. And yet we try to go through and put God into our understanding. Well, there must have been a beginning for God because there's a beginning for everything and there must be an end someplace. And yet... God's like that circle, without the beginning, without the end. Yet he went through and wanted to give us so much proof that he exists. And if you take a look at primitive societies, they have no contact with computers or TVs or internet or anything else. They all have an explanation as to where the world came from whether it was a mountain or a certain leaf or an ant, you know, or a flying insect, they all have an explanation as to where creation came from. But again, remember that uh, in uh, Psalm 19, David is going through and saying, you know what, the heavens, they are continually going through and rehearsing over and over again God's glory. You know, every night when you go out, if the sky is clear, you see that, that splendor. And to think that it just happened by accident, you know, seriously? Uh, I don't think so, and neither do a lot of other people. And so, you know, King David said, you know what? If you don't think that there's a God, just look out there at the heavens. There's, they are going through and um, displaying God's um, majesty um, right there. And again, if we take a look at the New uh, Testament in Romans, 
you know, again, uh, again, the idea that you say, well, I don't understand, therefore it doesn't exist, right? If you get stopped for a traffic violation and you just go before the judge and say, well, I didn't know, blah, 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 what's the judge going to say? Ignorance is not an excuse. <laughs> so this concept, you know, that we have to understand all about God or else we say he doesn't exist, someday we're going to be before him. And you know what he's going to be saying to a lot of people? Ignorance is not an excuse. You had lots of evidence of my existence. Remember looking at the stars uh, in the sky. And again, remember that God's invisible qualities, he makes known in nature. I mean, if you think about the changing of the seasons, just in autumn alone, with the spectacular display of color that's visible all the way in outer space, thousands and thousands of miles, they can go through and see that. It's absolutely spectacular. Or you take a look at snowflakes. I don't know how many snowflakes are going to fall between now and, and next Sunday, but I would say probably, as kids would say, a billion, gazillion, trillion, billion, a whole lot of snowflakes. And each one is different. There are no two that are alike. How could you go through and think that all of that just happened by accident? If there was, I think of accidents, and the word that comes to mind with accident is mayhem. You know, <laughs> if things happen by accident, generally it's <laughs> confusion and disorder. And to think that everything is you know, God could have made all the snowflakes exactly the same. I mean, really, would that impact our environment a whole lot? I, I don't know, maybe some scientists would know a different answer, but to me, logically, I'm going like, the snowflakes, if he made them all the same, that'd be fine. <laughs> Less of them for us sometimes, unless you're snowmobiling, uh, you know, would be just fine. But again, his creative instinct. And, and, you know, years ago when I was in school, they always said when it came to the ocean, oh, there's a certain depth where no light gets through, so there's no life. And that's what we have been taught as science. Absolutely. Well, of course, now you look at the Planet Earth programs or National Geographic, there's lots of life going down to, you know, miles beneath the surface, little creatures that actually live where underwater uh, volcanoes are erupting. There is life there in the tremendous heated water. You know, God is just absolutely amazing in his creativity. And so um, it really is something that we can go through and see right in front of us. And not only do we have nature, but look at human society. I don't care what culture you look at or how far in history you go back, 
every culture has had a system of right and wrong. Certain things were okay to do, and certain things were not okay to do. And for the not okay, generally there was a punishment involved to make you conform so that you were like everybody else. That understanding of right and wrong is across the whole history of mankind. Where did that come from? Did that just happen? You know, if you had an infant just grow up in total isolation, would they have a concept of right and wrong? No, that's something that we have instinctively that's been taught to us all the way from the beginning, from the creator. He made us with an understanding of right and wrong. Even my little grandchildren, you know, at uh, a year and a half, almost two years now, Delilah is, and, you know, she understands right and wrong. She has her own little definition of right and wrong, like when her sister wants to hold one of her dolls. <laughs> she's like, what's the word that comes out of her mouth? Mine. <laughs> Mine. You know, and in her world... <laughs> it's wrong for her sister to touch her doll, <laughs> you know. Now, nobody taught her that. It's just something that is within us, that desire of right and wrong. And where do kids often struggle in growing up and maturing, having been a high school teacher? It's where they come out of households where right and wrong has not been clearly defined, without rules, you know, and just let the kids do whatever they want to do produces mayhem. By the time you get 25 high school kids in a classroom, <laughs> you know, the concept of everybody just does whatever they want to do is not going to produce anything really productive, you know, and so in society, we have evidence as well that there is a God that does right and wrong. Um, my father, as some of you know, he was an atheist. You know, <laughs> all the way. My mother was Irish Catholic, had to go to church every Sunday. I don't know if he, she had an understanding of Jesus and salvation, but she understood the rules of the Catholic Church. My dad, not happening. They both ended up dying of cancer. My mother first. But she had a piece about her as she was going through her process. She knew that there was something beyond life. And she believed in heaven. My dad, on the other hand, was like, when it's done, it's done. That's all there is. And I thought, why did you work so hard raising seven kids and struggling in life? What's it all for? Nothing. This is it. Then I'd say, you're a fool. <laughs> you should have gone through and kept all that money for yourself and gone and had a great time while you were here. If that's all that there is. 
And for those of us who have that knowledge that, yes, not only is there a God, but there, there is a loving Father, that is even more awesome. So sometimes people will admit there's a God, and it's like, well, describe them. Well, you know in societies, there are a zillion explanations of what God is. But when we see God as our loving Father who wants good things for us and wants to go through and bless us with the best that we are ready to receive, that is an awesome thing. And so sometimes people go, you know, yes, I believe that there's a, a God. Well, do you have a relationship with him? And they kind of look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and it's like the example I gave this morning, you know, I love my husband. That is not a rational thought. There's no rational reason, you know, that he should love me. It's not something that you can understand rationally and explain with your mind. That's something from the heart. And the same thing is true with God. You can understand some things with your mind, but God is not meant to be understood with our mind. He's meant to be experienced in a relationship in our hearts. And can we always explain that? I can't explain to you all about the love I have for my husband or that he has for me. We just know that we know. But other people know why. Because they can see how we interact. And that's our challenge as we go out there in the world. That yes, people can say that we believe or don't believe in a God. But they're really looking at how we go through and relate to our Heavenly Father. Is that really clear and visible and unmistakable to people that as they get to know us, they say, wow, there is something really different here. They have that relationship that I don't understand, but I know that it exists. Why? Because I can just understand. I can see the love between the two people. Does the love between two people always make rational sense? Those of us who are married would say, <laughs> not always, <laughs> and often more times than not. <laughs> it's not something that's a rational thing. It's a choice. A relationship is always a choice. And our Heavenly Father has chosen to go through and to love us. And then he's saying to us, hey, you have a choice to respond back. If you respond back, I have lots of awesome things for you. If you choose not to, it's your choice. But the door is open, and I would really, really love to have you be part of this family. And so uh, today, as you uh, leave, you know, remember...
be thinking as the world out there is thinking, you know, and just, uh, again, to just toss out, you know, gee, I was with some people on Sunday, and we were talking about, gee, is there a God? What's your thoughts on that? Generally, people are going to be really open with their opinions. Listen to what they're saying and see where the open door is. So, Holy, uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you that you go through and make available to us your Holy Spirit so that we can see people as you see them that we can understand them as you created them to become. And Father, we just ask that you would go through and anoint us, that we would have the right words, that we would have the right thoughts, the right actions to go through and to be walking evidence of your existence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks, guys. I just really appreciate, you know, your willingness to go through and to share and build up community and, and so forth. And, um, you know, as we go through this journey the next couple of weeks, it's just really awesome to see people pulling together and working together as a family. Everybody doing a little bit makes the whole job a whole lot easier. So go and have a great week. <laughs> And count all those snowflakes. <laughs>